0: Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of our Wednesday night study entitled, A Study of Prayer, based on the book, How to Pray by Ronnie Floyd. Since this is a discussion-based study, we have edited out the comments made by those in attendance due to the fact that they do not have a microphone. May you draw closer to God each day in your prayer life. Lesson number two is why Christians do not pray. I'd like for you to... to, uh... Uh, Join with me if you have a Bible. We'll look at a few Bible passages if you'd like to join me in that. Uh, But this is lesson number two. Uh, I'm sorry we had a little bit of a a space between our lessons here from lesson one to lesson two. Uh, But as we began this study in the very first lesson, uh, uh, we we were talking about how to pray and how to develop an intimate relationship with God. And that's kind of the, the, the focal point of the entire study. But tonight's tonight's session uh, is entitled, Why Christians Do Not Pray. Why do we not pray? Uh, You know, I I believe that Clifford Baptist Church is a church that has shown that we want to move forward. uh, That we want to increase the boundaries of ministry. You know, when this COVID thing started out, thankfully, we had the team... Uh, on board who the first Sunday that we were closed down, we were streaming. Uh, It probably was not perfect. It probably had its glitches, but that was because it was pulled together in less than a week. But I appreciate Chad and Kenneth and Uh, Jeremy and the crew who just got it together in less than a week And I I, I believe that that's the spirit and the outlook of the church is that we're going to deal with uh, How God directs us and we're going to deal with the potholes And we're going to see that the Lord leads us through so I I see a a great family of faith here Uh, and, And of course, it's always the pastor's heart my prayer that it's our heart collectively Lord, how do we follow you in moving forward? How, how do we follow you in taking the next step of ministry? How do we keep away from saying, okay, well, we've, we've developed our habits and our traditions, and we're just going to live there. How can we say, Lord, help us to be flexible, help us to move into new territory, help us to respond to you when you open up a new door of ministry, help us not to be so closed-minded that we can't see new opportunities. Uh, and I, I believe that it's by faith that we do those things, but our faith has to be expressed in prayer. We'll never move forward without prayer. We'll never move to where God wants us to be unless we keep that line of communication open with Him. Uh, and, and I, you know, I certainly have used this scripture uh, many times over the years, uh, John 14, uh, 13 and 14. Jesus just makes this promise Uh, when he says in John 14, 13 and 14, Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, Jesus says, I will do it. That's a pretty ironclad promise, isn't it? Uh, I I see that as uh, a promise that, that we can bank on and depend on. Uh, and so we have to, to move forward in that kind of promise. Lord, what we ask in your name, what we ask under your will and under your direction, you will do that very thing. So if that statement itself doesn't bring you to prayer, I don't know what else to say. You know, I can't add to that. I can't, I can't bring in a dog and pony show that's going to add to that. There's the statement. When Jesus says, ask anything in my name, ask anything in my name, and I'll do it, what more do we need? Uh, Now, I will say this as non-critically as I possibly can say it, that statement should have a full house in here tonight. So I'm glad you're here. Thank you for for making this house full. Uh, I pray that that more and more children of God will put stock in that statement Uh, and, and that The day will come when we're going to have to make sure we have enough seating. So tonight, we're going to go to session number two about why Christians do not pray. What's the problem that we don't pray as we should? Now, we know that prayer is our conversation with God, and I believe that prayer affects every single day, which means prayer should affect our entire life. Prayer should be a a leading force and a leading communication of our life. But... Most Christians, and I'll, I'll be first to say this, I'm in this group. Most Christians have a challenge in the area of prayer. Uh, I'm there. I'm not preaching to you. I, I'm, I'm included if you feel that you're in, included in that group. We are challenged sometimes in this area of prayer. Uh, there, and there's a great paradox going on here. Uh, According to Ronnie Floyd in this book about prayer, he says, one of the most vital spiritual disciplines we need daily is prayer. Do you agree with that? One of the most vital spiritual disciplines of our day is prayer. Here's the other side of the paradox. One of the greatest challenges we face is keeping daily prayer. Uh, And and I have to say that I'm in that group. Uh, I don't know if that hits a nerve with you. But it it does hit a nerve with me uh, that sometimes it's a struggle to give God what he deserves in daily prayer. We might give him a passing hello, you know, wave at him as we go by. But to give him what he deserves and desires daily is a challenge for me. Uh, If if that's not a challenge for you, praise God. Uh, just, Just bear along with the rest of us and pray for us. But as we walk into this territory about why Christians don't pray as we should here are two critical statements about prayer prayer occurs when we realize that we need to depend on God that drives us to prayer when we know we need to depend on God we pray secondly prayerlessness occurs when we don't depend on God but depend on ourselves. when we be- believe that we're self-sufficient uh And and that that statement from the book really kind of caught hold of me. Prayerlessness occurs when you depend on yourself, not on God. I, I remember a story from years ago. I don't remember if I heard it in church or read it somewhere. It was a long, long time ago about a farmer who bought a few acres of land. And it was all overgrown with weeds and thorns and bushes and brambles. And he worked for some weeks and cleaned it up to be a beautiful piece of land and a beautiful spot. And a friend came by and said, Wow, this looks so good. You and the Lord have done such an amazing thing. And the farmer said, You should have seen it when the Lord had it by himself. I think think he put a little too much stress on what he did and his part in the process. But Dr. Floyd writes this, Your greatest need and our only hope to a long-lasting difference with God in our life is to learn to pray more effectively. Uh, That's one of the greatest keys of life, is to learn to communicate with our Lord, our Maker, and our Savior. It is essential as a believer. Prayer is not an option to us, amen? Prayer is not an option. Prayer is not a choice, But, but prayer is a command. Uh, Prayer is a desire of God. We fail Him when we don't pray. Uh, It's essential to us. And the book says this, prayer uh, is not inaction. Sometimes, you know, we think, golly, if I devote a half hour or an hour to devotional time and prayer, I don't have that much time to be inactive. I don't have that much time to be in my prayer closet because i got so many things i got to get done and, and so many things that I have to take care of and uh, so many people who are depending on me. But, but Ronnie Floyd says, prayer is not in action, but rather prayer is our greatest action. Prayer should precede everything that we actively do with our life. Uh, in communication with our family and in our work world and in our social world and all of that, prayer has to precede everything we do. But if we are to grow together tonight as, as fellow prayers, uh, we have to understand the obstacles we face to prayer. And that's kind of what this lesson is about. It's not long, long, and it's going to give us time to pray. But what are some obstacles that stand in our way ...that keep us from prayer? Well, the book gives us four. Four reasons that we do not pray as we should. Or we don't give adequate time to pray as we should. Here's obstacle number one. Reason number one is pride. According to Ronnie Floyd, pride. Uh, What we have to realize... uh, ...and this is true for humankind... ...no matter where they are spiritually... But for us as believers, we should come to this realization that we cannot handle life by ourselves; That we need the help of God Almighty to be able to cope with and handle the ups and downs of life. We're not the master of our problems. We're not an island in the ocean. Uh, But rather we need God's guidance and we need to accept the truth that he has to walk with us and be with us. Uh, Take this reference down, James chapter 4, verse 10. James 4, 10 says this, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Very simple, short little verse. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Humility is absolutely a part of prayer. Why? Let me ask you this, since we kind of have an intimate group here. Why? Why? How does humility, how is being humble tie into prayer? And that is a real expression of pride. You know, once, once, once we get our feet, what we feel, on solid ground, we're done with God, we'll take care of it now. Anybody else? Younger? Yeah. Certainly agree. Uh, pride places us where we feel like we need to increase when actually we need to allow Him to increase in our life in the, with the reins of leadership. Anybody else with humility and prayer? I, kind, I, I, I certainly identify with what Shirley said, and I've, I've used this in sermons before, and probably most of you remember it, but one of the ways that I, I picture prayer is to, is to picture where our fire extinguishers are here in this, in this uh, sanctuary. You know, if a fire breaks out, we'll run and get them and, and use them uh, when, when the crisis of fire comes along. But most of us pay no attention to the fact that those things are on the wall because there hadn't been a fire in here yet. Uh, in fact, I don't know if most of you have noticed that they're on the wall, but that's where they are. Uh, but, but I won't say the non-saved world. I'll say that for many of us, and for many Christians, you know, it's, it's, God is, and prayer is kind of like a fire extinguisher. When you come to crisis... You run to the prayer, and once the crisis is done, you hang the prayers back up on the wall and say, Lord, I'll catch up with you when the next crisis comes along. And, and God, is, God is not uh, the, just, just the first responder. He is a first responder, but he's not just a first responder. He wants to be your companion, your friend, and in relationship with you, in a growing relationship on a daily basis. He's not just a, a, a crisis counselor. Isn't that right? He's to be in relationship with us, and that's what his desire is for us. So bowing to him in humility and recognizing that he is wise, that he has the guidance that we need, that he has the power to bring us through the situation that we might be facing at any given time. Uh, a pride is a deceitful sin because our pride blinds us to our own weaknesses, uh, and it, it, if you remember, if you go back to the dawn of time of creation, it cost Adam and Eve eternal life. Their own pride caused their fall and caused them to lose eternal life. You know, when Adam and Eve were created, they were created to live eternally, their bodies were not going to die. Uh, That's one of the reasons that I believe that people who lived in the very early days of creation, like Methuselah, who lived 969 years, the reason they lived so long is because those early bodies were constructed to live forever. Uh, So people lived longer in those days. Uh, But Adam and Eve were constructed to live forever physically in their bodies. But they lost eternal life. Satan fooled them with false pride. Do you remember? Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, he said, If you'll just take of this fruit that God has forbidden to you, the reason he doesn't want you to have it is because you will be like him. You partake of the fruit, and you will have his wisdom, and you will have his mind. And so Satan played on their pride that they wouldn't have to bow down to God the Father, but they could have that power themselves. uh, and, And, of course, they fell their own pride led them to fall. Uh, Are we tempted the same way? Well, yes. That temptation is still there. Uh, Proverbs chapter 29 verse 23 says, a man's pride shall bring him low. Uh, and, And that is true. Pride can still bring us down when we put too much stock in who we are and how wise we are and how powerful we are. So pride has to be set aside that we bow down to and surrender to the leadership and the guidance of Almighty God because He alone knows the path that we need to take. Much better, much better and wiser than we. Secondly, another reason Christians do not pray is just simple unbelief. Uh, when Jesus ministered on earth, and, and you can, you know, I, I thought about this statement uh, and, and the statement is correct. But if you, if you go through the New Testament as Jesus ministered on earth, anyone who showed him one degree of true faith experienced the power of God. Even the one whose faith was tiny experienced the power of God. Uh, faith, small faith can bring big things. And we see that borne out in the Bible. But when Jesus, uh, and I, this, this, uh, this account of Jesus' life sticks with me. When Jesus went back to his hometown of Nazareth, his miracles were limited. You remember that? Uh, when he went back to his own hometown, uh, the people who saw him said, Well, he just grew up in the carpenter's home. Here are his brothers and his sisters, and, and we know all the connections. And we, we saw him as a kid, and we saw him grow up, and... And they were, when he came back to his hometown of Nazareth, and, and the people saw his power and his teaching, uh, in the end, here's what happens. Uh, if you, again, here's another reference you might want to take down Matthew 13, verses 54 through 58. So here he is back in his own town. All these people know who he is, saw him grow up, knew he came from the carpenter's house. Thir- uh, Matthew 13, starting with verse 54. And when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom in these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary, his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters? Are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. It wasn't that Jesus lacked power. Coming back to his hometown didn't mean that he laid power aside. But he didn't do many mighty works there because of their unbelief in him. So the hometown boy was not received as the Son of God. Jesus didn't lack power, but they lacked belief in the Son of God and in the power of God through Him. Uh, do you think that, we, that it may be kind of some form of unbelief uh, in the power of prayer when it becomes easy to skip it? You know, in some, in some ways I see that as an expression of unbelief in myself. So again, I'm not pointing a finger at you. I'm saying that this is a struggle that I have and I think probably many or most of us share is that sometimes because of the daily schedule or the pressures that are going on at a certain time, it's, prayer is just an easy thing to lay aside or to say, I'll get, I'll get her done tonight before I go to bed and you lay your head on the pillow and you know what happens. You're gone and it doesn't happen. I'm guilty. Uh, it's, it's a form of unbelief because basically prayer, which is the most important act of the day, in communication of God, is replaced by something of lesser importance. It may be a, a very valuable thing of importance in your life, but it's still of lesser importance than asking God's leadership and blessing uh, and power and direction in whatever we're going through. So uh, for, if you didn't catch all of that or for those who might listen to a recording of this one day, Ernie's exactly right. You prepare your heart, yourself, for prayer. Confession of sin. Sin breaks the chain of prayer. Confession repairs the chain of of relationship with God. Of course, God is the one who does the repairing, not us. But the confession is what brings the repair. Uh, But we have to come. Just as Paul says, if you're going to come to the Lord's Supper, you've got to come with the right heart. In the same way, if we come to pray, every time we pray, it's got to be with the right heart. Yeah, as David said, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Uh, that that's that's absolutely essential to prayer. Uh, if 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 you don't start with that cleansing process before God and confession process before God, that's another expression of pride. Huh, I'm good enough. I can stand before God Almighty. Uh, and we all know that that's 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 pretty weak uh, for for any of us to be able to try to say that. Uh, it is it is a preparation of our heart and our mind, and our spirit to approach Almighty God uh, in a time of prayer, any time of prayer. Anybody else with a follow-up comment to that? Um, that it applies to the church. You know, the, the church, if we're not careful, can say, well, we're going we're to put together committees, And we're going to put the most knowledgeable people on the committees and the most experienced people that we have. And and each committee is going to do its own job and uh, take our church in the right direction. We have smart and resourceful people. And and that's all true. But all of us have to submit ourselves to prayer for the church to move in the right direction. It can't be on our smarts. Uh, It can't be on our resourcefulness uh, or on our our talents in the church. God can pull us together and unite us together and, and bring amazing things through talents and through talented people and passionate people, but it begins by our submission to Him asking for His leadership. We can't provide that for ourselves. If we do, number one, that's prayerlessness, and number two, that leads us to be directionless. We might develop all kinds of different plans, but they're like little brush fires here and here and here and there, but they never unite to become that fire of passion. It takes God to do that. So the church has to be careful that we pray together and that we're united with hearts of prayer. Okay, reason number three. People do not pray. Are you ready for this? Because we're ignorant about talking to God. Now, that's the book. That's not my own wording, but I'm going to give you that. We're ignorant about talking to God. What does that mean? Simply this. Sometimes believers think... It's difficult for me to talk to God. Um, it's difficult for me to formulate what I need to say to God, uh, and and I know sometimes that's true with public prayer. Sometimes I fail to say things in the in the right way in public prayer, even though you know it's part of my life and uh, and you you practice that on a regular basis. But still, sometimes it's hard to put into words what you need to say, uh, and yet prayer should be, and prayer is, the easiest communication of all, uh, because we, we, we never have to make an appointment, we never have to worry if it's day or night, we never have to worry if God is on vacation, we never have to worry if somebody else is in line ahead of us, but prayer, but prayer is always available, and amazingly, God is always available, you know, that, that's an aspect of God that you and I can't comprehend and explain. With the millions, perhaps billions of people who are bringing prayers to Him, when you pray and I pray, it's like we're the individually He hears. I can't explain that, but that's the essence of God. He can hear us and answer us individually. Uh, it's not hard to speak to God Almighty. Uh, you don't have to impress Him with your big words. You do not have to be grammatically correct God doesn't care about that. He just wants your heart. Uh, he wants you to come with your heart. You just need to start talking. You don't have to worry about the format of prayer or the formality of your language. You, know. you, you don't have to use the these and the vows. You can if that's where your comfort zone is. It's not wrong, but you don't have to. Uh, you, you pray in a way that's comfortable to you and in a way that's comfortable as you communicate with the Lord who loves you so deeply. It should be the easiest conversation of your life. Uh, so don't, don't think prayer is hard. Uh, just know that whenever we speak, God is always listening. God wants to, to, to hear us, to hear you and me. Uh, you know, as I wrote that <clears throat> about the way we pray, I thought about my son Gabe. Uh, he, he was always quiet when he was growing up. You, if, you, if you wanted information from him, you had to pull it out of him. He was a very much a yes or a no person. Have a good day at school? Yeah. What'd you do? Things. You know, I mean, he just didn't give you anything. You just had to pull information out of him. Uh, he would just give you the bare facts of yes, no, good, fine, and I'm going upstairs. Uh, and that always bothered me. Uh, now, now, Carrie was the opposite. You ask her what time it was, and she'd build you a watch. I mean, she just could talk like crazy. But uh, she's still like that, but don't tell her I said so. Uh, but, but, you know, as I thought about Gabe, I treat God like that. When God wants to know about my day, and I say, fine, I, I'm, I'm sleepy or I'm busy or I don't have enough time to tell you really how it went, but it was okay. Had a good day. Thank you for giving me a good day when God wants to know how the day was. Uh, sometimes I give him just the bare essentials. Do you, are, are we guilty there? Uh, That's kind of a a form of not thinking through what God wants to hear from us. Um, Okay, reason number four, people don't pray. Uh, And I think you know this one, (laughs) T-I-M-E, time, is a barrier to prayer. Uh, While all of us are in a hurried life, uh, here's the truth of no time for prayer. If we don't have time for prayer, then we've underestimated our relationship with God. And we've underestimated the character of God himself. Uh, all, of us, all of us have the same 24 hours. All of us have the same number of minutes in the day. But all of us have to decide what's important in the way we use those minutes and those hours of the day. Uh, All of us here have the same allotment, but we have to choose what's important. And when we take time for God, the truth is, He always takes time for us. We never catch Him at a busy moment. He's always willing to hear us, always take time for us. Uh, You know, I guess when we think about it, uh, if, if you think about who would you really like to meet in your life, a person who is living or even a person who's passed on, who would you really like to, to have met or would like to meet in your life? And some people might say some, you know, movie star or, uh, or, or someone who's a big ball player or, uh, you know, I, I'd love to have met Chet Atkins, the great guitar player. Uh, but who would you like to meet in your life? And what we, re- what we realize is we, we underestimate uh, the importance of God. There's no one more prominent or important in our life, that we should meet, than God. And we can meet Him at any time, day or night, in prayer. He's the most prominent presence in our life. So the truth is, uh, we, we want to spend time with those who are important in our life, and shouldn't, be, shouldn't God be at the top of the list? So tonight, we're going to take a little time to spend with God. Uh, I'm going to ask us to pray, and I'm, I'm not going to twist your arm to pray. You pray the way God leads you to pray. If you'd like to lift up a prayer concern or a need or just a thank you uh, openly for us tonight, uh, please do that uh, as we learn more deeply how to be united together in prayer. Uh, uh, Derek, would you mind starting us out tonight? Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you will join us on our next podcast.